Hola, I'm Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. You are listening to the American Dream Podcast. Did you know that Drift is part of just 2% of VC-backed startups led by Latin American founders? Well, I'm on a mission to change that. On this show, you will hear from leaders who have achieved their own version of the American Dream. We'll talk about what the process looked like to get there, the obstacles they faced along the way, and the work we still have to do to build a new face of a diverse corporate America. Bienvenidos a todos to the American Dream Podcast. Today, Diego Panama joins me on the show. Diego is the Chief Revenue Officer at Olo, an on-demand com commerce platform powering the restaurants, industries, digital transformation. Prior to Olo, uh, Diego spent eight years at LiveRamp, where he helped the team grow from 30 to over 1,500 employees from $50 million to $500 million in revenue. Uh, Diego has seen a lot of success, uh, very proud of you uh, in your career, but all of this work was in pursuit of one goal. It started with the pursuit of one, one, and that goal was to become an American citizen. Uh, so I wanna talk about that today. I wanna talk about what that pursuit looked like and how others can pursue their versions of their American dream and what the next big goals are for, for Diego. Diego, welcome to the show. Elias, thank you so much for having me. It's real, real pleasure and honor to be here and uh, real pleasure and honor to get, to get to know you a little bit better too. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no, my pleasure. This is a, this is a podcast, you know, a lot of podcasts are like with fancy celebrities. This podcast is only uh, with, with hardcore immigrants, hustlers, Latinos, underrepresented that are, are here trying to achieve our American dream. That's, that's the kind of celebrities I bring on the I show. I love it. We get the job done. We get the job done. That's what immigrants do. Uh, so where'd you grow up? So I grew up not too far away from you. Uh, I grew up in El Salvador um, and in San Salvador, the capital. And I came over when I was 18. Wow, what same thing. So what? So I came when I was seventeen. What was your childhood like? Yeah, um, so I grew up in El Salvador. You remember, you know, the eighties, Civil War. Uh, so that that's a theme. But I grew up in you know a very nice, comfortable family. Like I was lucky that you know we we had food, we had a nice house, I had a good education. Um, even though we had this backdrop of the Civil War. Uh, around us. So um, I had a, a, a nice childhood, something that I remember, and it's what we're going to talk about today. Since I can remember, like, when you ask me, what did I want to be when I grow up? I would say, I want to be I want to, I want to be an American citizen. I wanted that passport, like that blue passport. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is my dad's influence, uh, that like he just recognized that there'd be a lot more opportunity for me if I could get out of El Salvador, uh, and we can talk about that as well. But uh, but you know I'm I like to say that almost everything I've done since I hit eighth grade. I remember eighth grade was critical because that's when your grades started counting for university applications. So that's when I like buttoned up. I was like okay like now. If I want to get to the U.S., I have to get good grades. So everything I've done was very deliberate to figure out how I could get that that blue passport. Um, so that was a little bit of my childhood. I'll tell you one 
um, that, that, that had a big influence on me. There was a big event in, when I was probably about 15 or 16 that also had a big impact on me, which is on a Friday, Friday afternoon. Dad comes home and tells my mom and my sisters that we have to leave the house because the bank is likely going to take it over next week. And I mean, my mom had no idea, and that's that's a separate story. Um, but the the shock and, and the trauma, you know, and we had to move to like a tiny little apartment that we're lucky my grandparents had. That just gave me kind of like this ambition and this hunger for financial security um, that that stays with me till till today. Um, so that that was a. You know, I had, a, I had a beautiful childhood, really focused on education, uh, but no shortage of, you know, economic kind of like shocks. And, and that was just a big one that really influenced everything I've done since. Wow. It's amazing the parallels that you and I have. Um, it, it, my mother, um, the house that I lived in, so I don't know how it compares to your house, but I, I found out the year that we came here that she was really borrowing that house from the guy that left during the, um, the coup, you know, from the Somosas and the Sandinistas. Yeah, wow. So a guy took off and, 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 and he told my mother, like, take care, can you take care of my home, right? Most people would steal homes. Uh, my mother, I thought my mom borrowed, but my mom told me that she actually finished paying his mortgage. And then we lived in it. <clears throat> and then when the guy came back, he came knocking and he said, I want my house back. And so uh, I did not wow. have grandparents with an apartment waiting for me. And it, we, literally um, the church had an old lot and had in, from the earthquake. And, and they said, there's three lots that you can take because we don't want to lose that lot. But there, is a, there was a house there, not a house. There was four pieces of wood with plastic around it and a plastic roof. And, and so that's when we went to see, like, right as we were getting the, the call to come to the United States. And my mom said, that's where we're going to live. If we, I was like, oh, my God, we went from wow. a house. I was going to live in a house with plastic bags, trash bags, walls. You know, I was, I was yeah. like, so. I, yeah. Same wow. thing. That's, 17. Um, I was 17 but when, I, when I heard that. It's yeah. like that shock. It's like cold water in your face that, you know, this home that is your world. Um, you know, I kind of see my kids now in my house and just, like it's there. It's theirs. It's like their house. Uh, and, and I love it, obviously. But then all of a sudden, it's just not really yours. Right. Uh, and, and you kind of have to like figure it out. Uh, so that, 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 I mean, probably similar to you. But, you know, like I, I wanted to be an American citizen because I wanted to have opportunity to make something of myself and, 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 and to contribute. Uh, but uh, that, you know, that drive to make money and, and have financial security um, has, has always been there. And I think that just really uh, kind of like accentuated the need for that. Like for the longest time, I was like paranoid about losing this house. Like I would, tell, I would go sit with my wife and go through every scenario that could happen of where we could lose it. And, you know, it's impossible. We're not going to lose this house. But it was just that sense of security. Like, yeah. yeah. No, but that, what, what a great feeling, right? That's a, that's, a, uh, that's a version of the American dream, right, is to have that stability and to be in a country that you feel somewhat secure that 
you can you can live in that house you can pay for it the bank or the government or the the military is not going to come and take it right uh, and ask you to yeah. move out and, and and you have built enough financial security to to know that it's not going away right um, that's that's congrats <clears throat> I think that that's that's where all of us Latin Americans and, and immigrants come in wish question um, I believe in role models a lot like you said he was your father. <clears throat> I, who are the role models? Do you remember vividly who is the person that said that you looked up and said they went to the United States and, and why you built this association with getting the passport as your as your big most important pursuit? So I mean my father helped me with like education and curiosity and it's like, you know, that that's the path. Um but I don't know if there was like a specific role models because all, all the examples I had you know, the way I grew up, and I'm sure it's similar in Nicaragua, you know, there's like a very small, very, very wealthy community, and then the rest of the country, right? And um, I was exposed, you know, I was exposed to that, like all my, like, like the friends and all the kids that I went to school with had like the blue passport, and they were going to Vail and Semana Santa, and, you know, and you know, I, I was very, very far away from that world. Uh, but I just remember thinking, like, man, like they, like they can do whatever they want. Like they can go wherever they want. Like they can study wherever they want. They, um, they can get whatever job they want. Yeah. Uh, and and so I don't, I don't know if there was like a specific figure, but like a person that kind of like drove me. But it was just like that, con that concept of just opportunity and not being tied down because you weren't born in the right borders or to the right family. Right. right. No, I think that makes sense. That's clear though, where it came. Now I can, I can picture it, right? I, uh, you went to, you were able to go to a good school where you, you got to see the wealthy, right, of, of the nation and they're all had already worked on that, right? I, I I see people that come and they have their babies here, right? Because they're wealthy and they can yeah. they can fly them over with the visa, and then they get the passport and they go back. And so it, it's 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 the setup. Um, Vail, wow! I didn't even know Vail existed till like a few years oh, back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I like, didn't know what it was. I just knew that it was skiing and they would all go together. And I didn't see snow until I was nineteen. Yeah, but same. Yeah, it's uh... yeah. I, I, I don't know. I was like twenty twenty two when I saw snow. Okay, yeah. It's because I was in Florida for the first six years. Um, it, it's so yeah. No, that's great. It's funny because sometimes uh, I've been in I've been to Vail and I and I see a couple of Latino families, right? And, and most of the ones I ran into are like Argentinian, you know, or something like that. Okay. And it's super wealthy, you know. I just I, I when I see them, I immediately go. Wow, it's like a whole family speaking Spanish. They don't live here. They must be so wealthy to like come and do this kind of vacation. I was talking to a friend this morning, like as a Latino in Nicaragua, I never had vacations. I think I went to the beach uh, for a spring break, like uh, one day, yeah. you know, and, and go and come back. <laughs> that was yeah, well, and, and that's the other thing I remember, you know, on the weekends, El Salvador doesn't have like a tourism infrastructure. Unfortunately, it's not like Costa Rica or it's so if you go to the beach, 
it's pretty much like private houses. And so if you want to go to, and you know, we didn't have anything like that. Uh, but a, a lot of my friends, like you just see it and it's like, okay, so on the weekend, like we just, you know, stay home. And um, so it just creates this hunger, like, oh, you know, like I, 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 and, and then that was part of connected to kind of like the American dream that unfortunately, you know, if you don't, if you're, I don't think if you're not born into it in those, it's very hard. Yeah. Whereas where I do believe that as imperfect as it is, I think the United States is probably one of the most incredible, amazing countries um, in history. Yeah. And I do believe that for the most part, if you work your butt off and are curious, like you, you have the opportunity to do well. Here. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to do like exponentially well. Like I know, you know, you, you talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. Um, you can you can like lockstep your, your your family wealth like for generations and not just kind of like survive. Um, yeah. And and I feel like that's that's very um, I don't know if it's unique to the U.S. but it's present in the U.S. and it's a big reason why I wanted to come here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think the, the role models, and I think the big, a big breakthrough to thank your, your parents, right, was that I, I've heard this before, right, of, I kind of sit in two camps, right, like, in, in some ways I went to a private, I, I went to a public school here in Tampa, right, and that's what mom could afford. Uh, other other immigrants, they will say, like, my parents worked so hard, so they would send me to a private school in another zip code, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the point it is, I don't know the specifics for you, maybe you tell me, but there was an effort, there was a conscious effort that your father wanted you to be in this, in this school. And that made a positive impact for you, right? You know, where you, 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 you could have gone worse, you could have been negative and sad and depressed because you didn't have what the other ones have and you know we're a part of it yeah. but instead you you turn it around into a good type of motivation for you and 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 they were role models that expose you to things that's the thing that people don't understand is that we need to be exposed to things we need to see things to to want them to pursue them to think that it's possible uh, if we don't have that vision we have that immigrant hustle but if it's not directed as a vector into yeah. the right direction, it, we don't we we cannot achieve the dream. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I I you know I hadn't thought about it, but that's I think that's a great point. Like exposure, just so that you understand what's possible. Like it's you know, it's it's kind of like hard to imagine that certain things are pot. Like I, I see some things now that I would have never you know imagined possible. Um, growing up I was like oh like this is a thing like people do this um, like this is possible uh, so I think that yeah the exposure is a great point and yeah both my mom and dad you know like that the budget for the school was like untouchable like yeah. everything like that's that was it yeah and, and 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 that in a way just everything just builds on each other right uh, it's like it's one step one step after the other right and you going to that school you saw the passport, you saw the access that these wealthy people had, and you're like, well, the one thing, it's amazing, right? You observed one thing, they, they had this passport, right? And you're like, how do we do it? Um, yeah. Question, so, you, so, so, so how did, 
How did you get the passport? Uh, it took me. So I, I got here, call it September of 2000. Uh, and I became a citizen on April 11th of 2017. Uh, so that about 17 years. Wow. And it, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's, I'm very deliberate, like I'm pretty thorough. I had studied everything there is to study about becoming an American citizen. So for example, like you go to top tier schools, you're more likely, and, and, and you start with a, with a student visa that gave you 12 months, if I remember correctly, of on, uh, 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 I think we call it practical training or on the job practical training um, but but if you went to a good school, you're more likely to be able to get a job that would sponsor you. In addition, if you went if you studied um, math and science, those it was easier for for you to get sponsorship for that because you had to get a job that was going to be related to what you studied. So in order to go from a student visa to a work visa, which is an H one B, uh, so I like not, I love history, but sorry like that's a luxury like you're going to study math and economics um and th i mean that's that's what i told myself and so i ended up studying math and economics so that i could that i could get sponsorship for an h1b then again i've done the research and if you have a master's degree your you your 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 path to the green card accelerates like you're, you're at a higher tier because you only have six years on that of that work visa and after those six years you have to go back to your country for at least a year. And, and all these were like my nightmares at night. It's like, what would I do? Like I have three. So, you know, I had to work for three years, go get a master's degree. And then I would have another three years to, to finally get, get my green card. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that, that's what I did. So I, I did math and economics so I could get an H1B. Um, and then I worked in like an economics related field, pushed to get a master's degree. Um, and so, and then I went to, to get my master's degree. And then from there, we talked about it. I, you know, there's, I went to MIT Sloan, which is an awesome business school right in your backyard. And there's, you have, you have options and startups. I've always been curious and I had worked in, with startups uh, in my first job, but that was a luxury. I, I didn't feel like I could afford. So I chose to go work for Microsoft and move out here to Seattle. Uh, even though I love New York City, I love the East Coast. Uh, I never really been to Seattle before. Uh, I, I know you shared a similar story about Boston, uh, and but I knew Microsoft sponsors thousands. It's probably one of the biggest at the time. It was one of the biggest sponsors of first. Make sure you get your H one B. They weren't going to mess it up, and then second, translate that H one B to a green card. So, so that's why I ended up at Microsoft so that I could make sure that I could make the transition from the H1B to the green card. And once you get the green card, you're sort of like a little bit safer. Yeah. You know, you still don't, like my wife makes fun of me because I'm always driving at the speed limit. I'm like very, I, you know, I don't want, I, I still, I feel, feel like an outsider. Like I've got to be very respectful of everything in the country. Um, but once you have that green card, you have like another, like, you know, now you can change jobs without asking for permission. I would say like before, when you have an H1B, it's tied to your employer. And, you know, if you want to change jobs, there's a whole process and they must really want you for it. It just, it, it didn't seem feasible. So yeah. finally I got the green card 
and then and then I could like ha- had a little bit more more freedom. So that's when I kind of like started joining. I joined startups. I joined LiveRamp early on because I had that security that you know that doesn't work. I can easily get another job. Like now, once you have a green card, it felt like a piece of cake. Um, and then I kept like I was very aggressive with the process. So about three three years later, we finally got got the citizenship and. Um, and it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm so, um, I'm so happy that I'm here. And if if I choose to, I will, I will stay here. Like I, nobody where, can kick me out. Where did you did you travel anywhere outside the United States after you got the passport? Where did you, where's the first place you went to? Well, yeah, yeah, and I think I mean you may remember, but like there's a period of time where you can't travel, right? Like when when you're going from the green card to the passport and you have to do an interview and you have to do all these tests, um, you can't travel. So in that period of time, you're kind of hoping that like, you know, there's no emergencies at home. Like, um, so where did we try? We went to El Salvador. I chose to go into the country as an American instead of like using, and you have to pay $10 or whatever the tourist fee is. Uh, But that was, that was a moment for me. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it, it, it's what, what a journey. I mean, I think God, just so many thoughts. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful, well executed. And I'm sure it doesn't sound, it's not as easy as you're making it sound, right? I mean, I understand, but it's like everything went perfect and you behave perfectly for it, right? In, in some ways, like the sequence of things, you, you, but you made the right choices, right? That made it work out. But it was 17 years. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, it's a and it's a roller coaster. And I think, like, I mean, this is all I wanted in life. So I was devoted 120 percent. Like, I would stay up at night reading all the immigration sites, the law, like everything possible. So I knew everything that could go wrong. And yes, it's a roller coaster. I remember I was at Microsoft, and I think it was. 2010, 2011, you know, we were in the downturn. There were no unemployment rate was high. So I got the news that they couldn't justify my my green card sponsorship because there were Americans who could do the job that they were sponsoring me. Right. And I um I w- I I went to my you know, my GM, which is like the partner of the group like a CDC, and I was bawling like like crying like a, i just remember and, and he was so kind and sure not you know like we figured out and because my time was running out because you have those six years so we, we i remember we had to go back and go through my passports at the time and count every day that i had been outside of the u.s so that we could add those so that i had a little bit more time um i ended up moving to sales because there was a role that would be easier to sponsor it, i mean it was you, you um you, you, people don't understand. Have, it's like I hear people that are naturals, you know, citizens, right, that have a lot of privilege and, and opportunity, and they're complaining about not getting promoted in six months. They're complaining about why they're not vice presidents, and they have no idea what you were. You're crying, you're worrying every minute about the lottery, the this, the sponsorship. The lottery, oh my gosh, yeah. The company, right? Any moment the company fires you, right? It's like, you're gone. You oh, start the company over. fires you, you go home. Yeah, you go yeah, home. By the way, the lottery, 
there's five countries that are not eligible to apply for that lottery. Guess which one's one of those five? El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. yeah. Because of uh, um, el, el Frente Fariobundo Martí. <laughs> you know, and there's already too many of us, and I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's such a privilege to be a citizen of this country. Again, as imperfect as it is, we have a lot of work to do, but you, there's, you just can't take it for granted. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real privilege. And it's, yeah, yeah. no, it, it is so much respect, right? For you, you, you did compress what we read, right? In another podcast that, that there's a study that takes Latino immigrants six to eight generations, right? To, to mm -hmm. generational wealth, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's the study that we have and, and you were able to do it in one, you know, and you executed it flawlessly to be able to go from a student to a very successful top tech executive um, wealthy by, by most means in this country, I would imagine, right? And capable, and now a proud American citizen, right? Uh, through a lot, a lot of hard work, and you did it in one in one generation. So it's like right back at you, Elias. Like no, you are a role model for all of us. No, no, yeah, but we did it in parallel, right? And so, like, I just want to show. But we that, were in Boston at the same time, and had I known that, you know, you, David, like, I had no idea. Like, but we, I was there between two thousand seven, two thousand nine. So I think you're already there. Yeah, yeah. So I was here in 2000, right? And, and I've been here yeah. since it's a 20, 22, 22 years now. And, and it's like, but that's the thing is like times are changing. And I mean, just even this podcast is rare, right? It's just, there's just not many podcasts uh, of us and the success and the dream and the journey, right? Uh, I will say something though. I'm on an inflection point, right? In my life. And, and it's... Um, I'm so, I'm, I've now become privileged, right? I am so fortunate, right? Where I have the American passport. I have uh, stability. My, my children can, can uh, trust their, 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 their homes, right? And um, my, my son went to a camp to Hawaii this morning, 4 a.m. in the morning. We dropped him off at the airport. That's amazing. Right? And, 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 and um, little, little side story. My children cannot get a phone until they build an iPhone app. Uh, so I heard you say that in one of your podcasts. I love so it. He's the third one. He's almost 16 this month, uh, next month. And he still does not have a phone because he's being lazy and doesn't want to make the app. It's a, Good. He, was trying, he was trying to convince me, my wife and, I, and him, like that. What if I get him the phone and then we store it after the trip? So he's on a he's going on a trip with with other a couple of other teenagers without a phone and we gave him his iPad and he didn't want to pull it out with this information and I'm like you're privileged but I'm not giving you a phone you have to earn it I'm not giving you this oh and then you keep it and you sneak it in the answer is no you known for years he's in ninth grade my other kids did it at sixth grade seventh grade he's been wasting his time. Yeah. I'm like, you get no phone. Well, it's um, I'm sure you think about like the, you know that uh, that sense of hunger and ambition, and you know again for me it came from just you know growing up with not a lot being like 
seeing what I could have if I worked hard and having that experience. Like it just it gives me this drive. And um, I hope my kids are, are younger than yours. I hope I hope they I hope they get it, and I hope I hope they I hope they yeah. contribute to society. I hope that yeah. I think they're going to contribute to society, but what we share is is very special. Right? What what we've gone through, you know, what I was saying about my inflection point is that everything is so much easier for me now, right? And it's it doesn't feel the same anymore as as when I used to go clean the offices with my mother, go to bed late, wake up. How do we pay this? Uh, I need this car. I'm buying this car off the street with a sign that said for sale at a grocery store, a Chevy Cavalier that costs us $900, you know. And and um, everything was, everything felt, when you earn every single thing from scratch and that hustle, um, it, it is a great feeling that I that I cherish and that um, my, my children will not necessarily feel the same way, right? So You know, I was thinking about that. Because, yes, it's hard, but in, it's fun, right? Like, to put it all out there, you don't have a safety net. Like, you either, you know, I hadn't really realized or thought about it for a long time until you mentioned it. But, yeah, if I would have gotten fired or laid off, from my, I'd be, I wouldn't be here. So, like, so, but, so, there's no safety net. You have to work your butt off, like, and like you have to hustle, hustle, hustle. Um and I was just thinking about how it's going to be different. I mean, it's good for, for, for my kids, for, for, for our kids. Like, they they have a great safety. And, and hopefully they use that to take things to a new level that, you know, right. we can't even imagine. But, uh, but having that, 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 that hustle, that, like, high, you know, like, just, again, no safety net. And it's, like, you're, the hunger, um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and, and, and he was, is um is your mom around, Elias? Is your what? Is your mom still around? Is yeah. your mom still around? My mom is in. Yeah, I mean, Kappa. she must be incredibly proud of you. Like, oh, what no, a dream. Oh, no. That's she the dream. Just, no, she just mostly keeps me grounded and like you know pulls me by the ear and just makes sure that she's always like applying the wisdom techniques of of like. To stay grounded, to not do crazy things, to to help, to relax, to to really feel happy, to to focus on the family and things like that, right? Because she always sees me with hunger and and like ambition, and she's like, mm-hmm. it's just like relax, you know. It's like n- not in a like a vacation way, but in a spiritual in a, in, in my soul, right? To be like don't have to always be i'm just too much fire like i just do you think uh yeah i i can i can appreciate that something we i think about is is it possible to be ambitious and happy at the same time because by definition if you're ambition if you're ambitious it's like you're not happy with the status quo like you're not you want more or different um, I've come to terms where like it's like they actually feed off each other, and I'm like happy when I am pushing. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it's it's yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the way we're built in as human beings, right? I, I just think that we always want more, right? It's like we're 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 that's the way we're we're built, right? That's the way we're designed. It's just like we 
you know, if we have this meal, well, tomorrow we might want to have a different one or a better one, right? Or we see something. We want more. We're not, we cannot just eat the same thing or be in the same place or wear the same clothes or like, you know, it's, a, we, we want more. It's just like, it's, it's built in. And so how do you think, I don't think, I don't think everybody's like that. I don't know if you agree with that, but for you, do you think it's nature or nurture? No, I, I, we can argue about this. I think that every human being wants more. I, I, there's different degrees of more. But sure. there is not one person that would just eat the same thing every day, wear the same thing, live in the same, wear the same shoe. I mean, you can, we can say that there's people that look like that Warren Buffett or Bill Gates or whatever, right? It's the same clothes, same shoes, whatever it is. But it, it's not true. I'm just saying everybody wants that they can get up and go try to get it is different right that that they will do something about it but that everybody wants something more everybody wants it you think so you you think there's people how many people in the world do not want nothing more yeah and maybe more is defined different for different people because not everybody wants more money no, no, no. I don't I mean, mean money. Like, for example, if people didn't want more, they wouldn't have children, right? Because the minute you have a child, you, you're asking for something that you didn't have, right? And so the minute you have that, then you want more for your children, you know? And then, you know, they're going to ask you. Yeah. For more. They, just saying, it's I agree just, with that. We're just wired. It's fulfilling. Everybody wants a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, and, and that's never really done. Or and that's never really you're, done. You're he, always working. Right. And, and so once it's so, done, you, you, you die. Like, yeah, it's yeah. exactly. And so that's kind of why we uh, we uh, we're doing this. And, and, and so now the question is. Um, the, the journey, right, of getting the more is extremely satisfying. It's way more important than whatever you get on the other side. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, my kids, you know, the times, I mean, they're in a great time right now, but when, when we had to bathe them, when we had to take care of them, that was so hard, so tough, right? But those are the moments that define me as a parent, right? And, and now I'm, we're just having fun, right? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But we're going to prepare them for the next stages, and, and we got to see. So it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know why we are wired those way as immigrants to enjoy the, the challenges and the hustle. It's, it's something that we want the American country, the U.S., to harness is what I want, right? To understand that there's so much power in, in the immigrant philosophy and the immigrant energy. I mean, I believe that at its core, the United States is an immigrant country. Like, I mean, it is. That you, there's no... It was built by immigrants. It was grown by immigrants. Like, it's... Uh, I don't know the official stats, but look at, yeah, at least in tech, I forget, like there's a, a very handsome share of CEOs that are immigrants um, or kids of immigrants. Um, and, and I think it has to do with that, that hustle and that ambition. And, and um, I, I've thought, I, I think a lot about it. I think that, you know, the, you'd, we talked about like, what's, what was surprising about that process? Reflecting now, what's surprising is just how emotional it is because it's something that is completely out of your control. 
but has like absolute influence over your life and your outcomes. Yeah. Um, and so I think you learn not to take anything for granted. And that's in a way a definition of hustle, right? Like you don't take it for granted, you, you, you fight for it. I, I think that that's, that's something to highlight about the Latin American immigrants, right? Or first generation, whatever, right? Is that it's a, that, that might be, I'm connecting that to your journey, right? Of everything that you did compared to the struggle that I see in, 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 in tech and employees, right? In, in, that are starting their careers in how many things they're worrying about that I don't see as a concern or a worry, right? And we're, we're trying to impart to them that it's like, it's going to be fine, right? Um, but that, that grit inside, that emotion, that stress, that urgency, that necessity seems to be capable, uh, seems, seems to me more, much more important than brain, talent, pedigree, or skin color, right? It's like, it cuts through anything. 100%. It's like, it's the most powerful force, right? It's like, I'm not going to complain if I didn't get a free lunch today, or I'm not gonna, because I am focused on getting my visa. That was you, right? You Like, what everybody complained at lunchtime, it went one side of your ear and it went out the other, and you were like, I don't give a shit. As long as I get it apply and I need my three years right now, uh, and and that's all it matters. I don't care. My talk tire. about prior. I remember so vividly. I was in the elevator, um, and you know we had free lunch uh, at the early days, and I hear two kids. I'll call them kids, but you know, and they're like, can you believe that the vegetarian option today was tofu again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, so many, you know, so many yeah. levels of that, right? Like, I just like, like explode when I hear that, right? And so, and so, and so that's the importance, right? That we, that, that necessity and that hunger makes us innovative, creative, persistent, tough, right? Um, looking for the most scrappiest solution to, to the problem, right? Because we have to win, we have no choice. We burn the ships. You came here. You don't want to go back. You were like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I have not yeah. gone back to Nicaragua. I was like, I'm not going back. I'm like, yeah. There's no way that I I need to succeed here, right? That yeah. there was there was no way looking back. So no, this is great. I love this story. 17 years to achieve your dream of getting that passport. Uh, and you, you did that really well, not only getting the passport, but being extremely successful. Uh, let's wrap up here. What is your next big goal now? <laughs> you made it. <laughs> oh, thanks for the time, Elias, and, and for the opportunity to, to share the story. Um, hopefully it's helpful to others. I mean, if you're an immigrant, you know, you keep hustling. Like it's yeah. just, it's, and, and, and be curious. I think that's the part, like the exposure part that I, I really like you highlight that because you be curious and learn what's out there because you can have it. Um, for me, what's next, you know, like I, I love the hustle. I'm still in it. My tactically, I want to get Olo, my, my new company to a billion dollars in revenue. So it's full focus there and, and continue to build and grow with my kids. You know, I, I, I want them to grow. I have three young kids, seven, six, and four. I want them to grow to, 
be contributing members of society and I want them to um, want to hang out with me when they're in their 20s. So hopefully, uh, so hopefully we'll do that. And then I, I, I've always cared about having an impact and more and more I'm getting educated and involved in, in our immigrant community because uh, there's, there's a lot of work to do there with the community and educating folks outside of the community. Um, so, yeah. so that's, that's kind of how I think about, uh, what's next, but, but, but continue to work really hard. Like that's, that's, I mean, I think that that's fun for me. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, uh, that's, that's the journey that we now, that's the responsibility that we carry and, and of how do we help others, right? How do we lift others as we rise? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing different things and, uh, just meeting people and exposing myself. There's a lot of need out there. Uh, and that's a good thing. But I'm trying to transform my ambition, you know, be able to channel it into the right thing to feel that again, right? And, and, and solve big, big problems that people have. And, and we, need, we need more. I, I think you being here, it's like you were here not too far from me, right? And, and people are just not aware who's around, who's successful, mm -hmm. who, what did they go through? And so you're a role model for many. People are listening. I know a lot of people are in that visa journey, right, of getting that uh, and, and, yeah. and working at places. So hearing you should be encouraging that it's possible. You know, I'll, I'll put in a plug and something that I'm, I'm learning. But if you have a green card, you should be working your butt off to get that citizenship. Because that's how we're going to make a difference. More of us vote, more of us participate in society. And, and you'll be surprised, but there's a very uh, meaningful number of people out there that have a green card and just kind of like sit pretty. Like it's like, I, I, you know, I don't, doesn't change my, I actually it does like go get your American passport. Um, it's going to take you one to two years, but get it going. Absolutely. No, it, it, it is, it is something that without getting political or philosophical, it, it's like I, I would pay respect. I pay respect to this country because this country allowed me to, to become who who I've become. You know, no other country accepted me, invited me, and gave me this opportunity. So I'm thankful. I don't care what other people say, and like whether they're from this country and yeah. this country, blah blah blah. Um, I'm thankful. This is the only one. So we live in the American dream. I hope others can achieve it too. Be inspired by Diego's story. And we'll, we'll bring other people that we have lined up, great stories. And I'm so impressed for my fellow Latinos that are working really hard in this country. Thanks for all you're doing, Elias. Thanks for listening to the American Dream Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss when a new episode drops. If you like this episode, please leave a six-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my American Dream mission, subscribe to my newsletter linked in the show notes.